with us today is our special guest, uh, Melanie Shaftmaster. So, welcome, Melanie. How are you doing? I'm good so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Some people get some people get nervous for these. I know, but you're a high level performer, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna just go with the flow here, and uh, hopefully, you can drop some knowledge for our our listeners. Sound good? Yes. Awesome. Okay, so I mean, just first of all, um, I think that we would love to know your high school journey and um, maybe tie together uh, your recruiting process within your high school journey, like maybe when you started getting looks, um, how your high school's high school team's career was, anything like that goes along those lines. Okay, uh, I'll start with my recruiting process first because it happened before I was in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. This is exactly um, why we have a special guest here today. <laughs> um, my recruiting process was a little different because I just started playing volleyball when I was so young because my older sisters played. So I was like in the gym at like three or four and then I was on the training team by like the time I was like five and I was just on there having a good time until I think my parents kind of realized I could be really good. So I just kept with that and then I quit like all the other like YMCA sports and stuff like that and just focused at Monsiana. And then um, I think when I was like 10 or 11, I started playing 12s. And then I played each age group, like as you go up by years and then 15s I played. So I think seven, seventh grade, I think it's when I started getting looks okay. just cause I was like, I was really tall and I was a setter and it was like uncommon for yeah. setters to be as tall as I was. And so I kind of had like a vision in mind for where I wanted to go. I didn't want to be close to home. Um, I wanted to be in the Big Ten. And then um, I just wanted to play for a program that wasn't all about like winning and didn't care about their athletes. So I cut out a couple of Big Ten programs based on that and the stuff I've heard. And then I was really into Kentucky for a while. I talked to Florida for a while and then um minnesota reached out and i was like oh my gosh that's awesome he coached, he coached the olympics for he coached like two women's olympics and then yeah he coached a couple men's olympics and won a gold medal with the men's team so i was like if i want to play in the olympics i think this is going to be like my best shot to get there so i went on a visit on like the weekend of april fools my eighth grade year and i was like this is where i want to go my parents were like if that's what you think then that's what you do. And then, so it was funny when I committed because it was April Fool's and they thought I was blind. <laughs> so they like called me the next day and they were like, are you like, are you being serious? You know, it was April Fool's yesterday and it's going to be a really bad joke if you were like messing around. And I was like, no, like I want to go to Minnesota. And then, so that all happened in like middle school. <laughs> and then my high school career, I think was pretty abnormal considering like Newcastle had it one state other than one time so my freshman year was okay we didn't win sectionals and then my sophomore year is when my sister came up and her whole freshman class and I think probably four of the six of them went and played like they're in d1 volleyball right now so we figured it out and we won state for the first time and then yeah. we were like we're just going to keep winning until people are gone and that's, that's what we did that's awesome yeah yeah, no, that's so, that, that's awesome. I I just wanted to go back on a point that you made. Um, you're talking about Muncieana. I know uh, I grew up in Indiana, so I know that that's a big time program. And I just wanted you to maybe speak on some of the stuff that you guys do 
throughout high school at in the Munciana within the Munciana system because I know that that system produces a lot of D one volleyball players. Yeah, so uh, Munciana is normally high school season's over in November, and I think we're there the weekend after state for what they call rust busters, which is like for the people who haven't played in a long time because they lost earlier in the tournament. Um, it's just kind of like a warm up weekend before tryouts, and then. We're in Monsiana from the end of November until June. And then you just go straight back to high school workouts. But it was different for like Newcastle because our coach was a Monsiana coach that we all had. So it was kind of all the same thing the whole entire year was Monsiana practices and stuff like that. But I mean, if we want to talk about Monsiana practices, they were kind of horrible. They were hard, (laughs) a lot of conditioning and, if you lost, you ran until you couldn't breathe or someone threw up and then it was enough for that. So I think that's why it was so easy for us to be competitive people because it like no one wanted to lose or else we were going to pretty much die at the next practice. So Yeah, would you say that kind of shaped you into a little bit of who you are today with your competitive nature? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just like – and by the seasons like we had in high school and, and club, like – uh throughout like my club career I mean we medaled at nationals every single year we won four national championships in a row like if when you don't lose I think it's like and then you finally lose a game and it's like the worst feeling in the world and you just remember that one loss I think helped to figure out what I'm doing now no that's awesome Chandler I know you had uh some questions for her I know that this is an awesome uh it's just awesome to have you as a part of uh, the Athlete Mentor Foundation. And uh, I know Chandler and I are really excited to have you, and we're excited to have you here. So, Chandler, do you have any specific questions for Melanie? Yeah, Melanie, I know you mentioned uh, earlier on that in your youth you were kind of a YMCA athlete. You were in parts of the YMCA, you know, sports leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, t- tell me a little bit more about that. What other sports did you play, and did you think that those other sports kind of helped um, – foundation as an athlete so I think I played soccer and basketball and I played basketball because I uh, two of my older sisters one of them was really good at basketball and the other one played volleyball um I, I don't think they shaped me because I played them for like one year and then I was just done after a season and I didn't enjoy either of them <laughs> I'm being honest I didn't like getting like touched in basketball by other people and then I, I think me and Mabry were just like screwing around when we were playing soccer together at the Y. Right. So you've mentioned you've mentioned your family and like your sisters. How many siblings do you have? I have three sisters. I have two older, and then my younger sister's a year younger than me. So it's just a, a full scale like athletic family. I would say so. I mean, my oldest sister played volleyball at Northern Kentucky for a year, and then transferred it played in West Florida. And then Macy played basketball for a while and then didn't play when she, after high school. And uh, Mabry's at North Carolina playing volleyball right now. So, Gotcha. I think so. <laughs> Overall, your story is, like, amazing. Um, I, I love the story. Um, and, you know, three-peating in titles, state championships, is, is no joke. Um, yeah. So, uh, there. Um, Jackson, that's, that's kind of the questions that I had for – Yeah, for sure. No, so I just want to touch on uh, how important was family to you going through your 
whole entire recruiting process, your high school career, and what was it like playing with your sister, Mabry? Uh, I know Mabry is a part of our Athlete Mentor uh, Foundation as well, and that's awesome to have you too, and you guys seem like you work well together. I mean, maybe you disagree, but um, well, how, would, how important would you say that was uh, throughout your process? Yeah, I mean, I think I realized it a lot more when I left home and I'm 12 hours away now, but I think family was like a lot bigger deal than I thought it was going to be when I went to college. I mean, uh, when my older sisters played Montana, when me and maybe we were like little, we didn't have like the money my parents have now. So to kind of watch them realize like me and maybe could actually have like be better than Morgan and Macy. I think it was impressive. Like my mom used to work like back to back week long, 12 hour shifts as a nurse. And then my dad would work nights if he had to, so that we could play Montana. So, I mean, I think now that I'm older and I realize like what they did for us, it's like huge. And I do miss them a lot more than I thought I was going yeah. to now that I'm here. But, and then Mabry is like my best friend. Like I, it was the saddest day ever when I didn't get to play high school with her anymore. And then my senior year, I didn't get to play club with her either. Cause I decided to go to, I came here a semester early in the spring. And so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like for, for sure. I mean, I would definitely agree. I think that once you get out of the whole entire, like, family setting, you're always like, and I know Chandler agrees too because we've actually had these conversations of late. It's like, oh, I want to get away, I want to get away. And then you realize how important they are and you realize how much they did for you. And it's just really cool. It's, it's, a, it's a cool thing to uh, be grateful for. Um, I would just – I'm just going to ask you also, uh, so what exactly – what is it like to be so far away from home for college? We can get into a little bit more of your college experiences. Um, first, we can get into that. Just a simple question, like how, I guess, like how many friends do you still have from home being so far away from school? I know a lot of our listeners that may be younger might be uh, basing their decisions of college based off of friends, family. So like what's kind of your relationship like with your friends back home, your family, family back home uh, being in college now? Uh, how far away is it? Uh, it's about like a 12 hour drive and then uh, okay, it's yeah. an hour earlier. So a time difference a little, but I mean, I mean, my friends, I'm still friends with like the same six people. And I think probably I realized like the people I just hung out with in high school that I didn't hang out with really outside of unless I saw them at like extra curricular events, like sports and stuff like that aren't really like my friends. I guess you could say yeah. like you find out who your real friends are. And I know people say that, but you're like, no, like, we're still going to hang out when we come back. And that's just not the case. But I mean, I have like the same six friends. Like we just went on a two week vacation over the summer when all of us were home. So, I mean, I think my relationship with my friends are great. I group FaceTime my parents and all my sisters because all of them live in different states and we talk probably every day. And then we were all together for, I think, about three weeks while we were home in December. So it's a pretty good relationship for how far away we all are from each other. No, I I just really wanted to ask that question because I know a lot of people that, especially if they're listening and they are basing their like college decision off of that type of stuff, it's something that's really important to them. Um, I know family is important to me. I know obviously you said it's important to you, but I think technology makes it a lot easier these days. What do you say so yourself? Yeah, if I didn't have my phone, I think it would be really hard to be like, facetiming them on my computer or like emailing them i don't know what i would do yeah for sure um so going off of that um going into more of the college uh lifestyle what does a day in the life of melanie shaftmaster look like um we'll go with first 
athletics, and then we can go into you being a student athlete as well. Okay, do you want, like, in-season or right now? Like, in off-season? How about we go in-season first, and then we can go off-season after? Okay, so, um, typically for, like, if we play, uh, I'll do, like, a, a Saturday night game, um... Me and my people, I, I live with volleyball. Like, we all live together if we're not. So, it's a four-person apartment. We all live together. Um, if we're playing a Saturday night game at 7, I think we normally get to – it's called the PAV. That's what we're, that's where we play. You probably get there at, like, 10. <laughs> we like to be there all day early. And then um, they give us breakfast. And then we get taped or you brace. And then uh, we have, like, an hour-and-a-half-long practice, I think, probably, like, 11 to 12.30 or 1.00. And then we get lunch. Well, the other team is practicing in our gym. Whoever it is, we'll say, I don't know, Wisconsin. And then um, we eat. And then normally we're in our recovery room. We have a recovery suite in our, our gym with massage chairs and, like, Normatech and stuff. Yeah. So we do that. People take naps. People do homework. Um, and then we have pregame meal in uh, the donor room. So it's like the balcony where people can sit and watch our game and then we eat and then people start doing makeup and hair and all that stuff. <laughs> and people get dressed and we get taped and it's probably like four. We're all ready. And then, um, we have like three warmups before we actually play. So we do like a 15 minute serve and pass where we get the whole court and then the other team gets 15 minutes. And then we have like a seven and a half minute warm up, and it's just us. And then while the other team's warming up, we run in and change and in jerseys, and then we have a four-minute warm-up, and then we get announced, and then we play. Yeah, and, and how important do you think that preparation is before your games? Oh, I think it's really big. Between, the, like, the practices we have. Like, when we don't practice in the morning, everyone's freaking out. <laughs> We're not going to play well. So between that and then we probably have, like, a 30-minute scouting report, I guess, too. I forgot to say that, but the scouting report helps a lot, and if you don't – know your job then it's pretty hard to play yeah. against another team but i like being at the gym all day like just trying to figure out what i'm gonna do later that for night. sure yeah i think that if anybody's listening to this the key takeaway here is that like to be a high level athlete you have to prepare you have to do all these things that melanie just said and no matter the sport you're in um i mean not that many at I know a lot of athletes that aren't on your level. They might, they're like, why am I not at that level? But like Melanie's in the gym, like she wants to be there all day. So I think that's, that's a, that's a huge, a huge thing. Um, what about a day in the life of Melanie Schaffmaster, um, the student? Um, so right now I'm currently in five classes cause we're in off season. So we can be in a lot more school. I'm in, the business school, and I think it's like one of the harder schools here. So I'm in two classes every day. We don't have class on Fridays, and then I'm in three on Monday. And they're all like back to back to back. So I go for an hour and 15 minutes from 1 to 2.15, and then 2.30 to 3.45, and then 4 to 5.15. And then I'm done with school. But before school, we normally have, like today we had, um, I had lift from 9 to 9.45, so I'd be at the gym at like 8.30 to get taped before that because we went straight to practice. And then um, we practiced from 10 to 12.30. And then I showered and got on a bus and went to class for the rest of the day. Okay. So And, and then we get dinner. We have like an athlete's village type thing where everyone gets dinner, all the athletes, all the sports teams, anyone. Oh, that's awesome. Um, from like 6 to 9, I think. So we all like go and eat together there. And then 
repeat the next day. And how, how big, uh, you said you had to get on a bus, so like how big is your guys' campus? It's pretty big. I, I, the business school is on West Bank is what it's called, and it's across the river. So they take you, it's like a, probably I'm on the bus for like 15 or 20 minutes from the gym to where I actually go to school. And then, but all my friends that aren't in the business school, like walk, it's probably like a 10 or 15 minute walk wherever they're going in campus. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I just know uh, we have, I mean, at the athlete mentor, we have athletes from your, your level all the way down to uh, like more uh, littler colleges, D three, D two. So, I mean, it's, it's a big difference. Um, so Chandler, do you have, I saw you writing some stuff down over there. Do you, do you have anything else you want to ask Melanie? Yeah, Melanie. So um, me and Jackson talk a lot about the mission behind the athlete mentor. And one thing, thing that I always say is like, athletes are the next generation of great leaders. And since you joined the athlete mentor, it's like very obvious to us and everybody that you're very competitive. And mm-hmm. It'd be there nothing was going to stop you from like taking up a leadership position um mm-hmm. with us so um i guess just kind of talk a little bit about your role in the athlete mentor so far um you know why you like to be involved um why this program's so great and then on top of that like what are the characteristics that athletes have that give them such a competitive edge um and skill set like in life yeah so i do recruiting for athlete mentor I think, I think it fits me perfectly because I like being on my phone and like, I like being on Instagram and I think I have like a lot of connections just because of like the people I played USA for a while over the summer and it's like people from across the country. So I just know a bunch of people. So I think my network in the volleyball world is pretty good, which makes me good at it. Um, I think it like, I feel more involved in the whole thing, taking a leadership role which I like because I like to know like what's happening. Like I don't want to just get on <laughs> Monday night meetings and listen to you guys talk about stuff and not know because you had other meetings. So I really <laughs> like being involved in like the inner workings of the whole thing and like actually knowing what's going on versus just like hopping on a call for 40 minutes and listening to like Ben talk about stuff. I have no idea what's going on. So I think that's why I really enjoy it. And then competitive wait what was the other questions other question was in regards to like because obviously like athletes have the opportunity to like get ahead outside of sport and just in life what do you think um what characteristics that like athletes have that gives them that like upper hand i think like just speaking from like my own personal experience i think for me like being really organized and knowing like your goals and what you want to do not only in like sport but in life because you can't play sports forever like no matter how long you want to play sports unless you're like going to the nfl and you make millions of dollars and you don't have to work when you're done but i think for me it's like being super goal oriented and like understanding the like mental and physical steps it's going to take to reach each goal and like understanding there's a step after each one it's not like you're oh like i reached this step like i made to minnesota so i'm just going to coast and just be done trying to figure out what I'm doing. So I think for me and like other people that are listening, it's like really big to be like goal oriented and have like, obviously you're not going to have your whole life figured out, but like a nice organized plan on how to hopefully reach the steps you want to reach in your life other than sports too. Yeah. 
No, it does. So obviously, like being an athlete from like from like your youth, or I remember like just being an athlete altogether. You're always so busy with between like sports, school, and extracurriculars that your time management like has to be like a in order to be able to do the things that you do enjoy. So um, I always thought that was something that like was really important and carried me to you know where I was today um, from like an athletics perspective obviously being competitive in nature and having a ridiculous work ethic also carries into to life as well. So um, thanks for touching up on uh, those couple points. Yeah. yeah. Um, so wrapping up here, I, I think I definitely want to give you an opportunity to shout your socials out. I know all the athletes that come out onto this uh, podcast want to get the clout at some level. Um, I know Melanie, I know you got a blue check mark and you already have, have that clout, but uh if you want to just shout out your socials and uh, just wrap up with just anything you think about the athlete mentor, about Minnesota. I mean, I guess another the last question I could ask you is if there's a recruit listening to this that has Minnesota in their top five, why should they go to Minnesota? <laughs> I think they should go to Minnesota because I just like the culture here. It's like it's not like they're trying to diminish you as a person or a player. Like if you mess up, it's like a part of the process. That's a really big thing here is – it's a process. It's not like I'm going to tell you like you're doing this wrong and then it's automatically going to switch tomorrow. Like they understand it's a step-by-step thing. And then probably the coaching staff because they're top tier in the country, I think personally. So other than that. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good answer. What do you, what now if, uh, now if an athlete is listening to this as the recruiting director of the athlete mentor um, and they're like, Oh, should I join this foundation or not? Uh, what would be your pitch to them on why they should join this cause? Um, I think probably like the biggest deal is if you're a top tier athlete at any like level you're at, I think you've reached that point for a certain reason. And I think you should want to help younger kids. Like, Oh, someone's calling me. Oh my God. I'm so scary. (laughs) You're not disturbed. How do I do that? Okay, here we go. But I think back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, I just think like as an athlete, you understand what it takes to get to whatever point you're at. And it doesn't matter. If, obviously, there's going to be people better than you. There's going to be people that are worse than you. But like, I just feel like being a good person, like you should be able to spread that knowledge in a way that it's not like this isn't a super time consuming thing. Like it's like, you should just want to help people get to where you're at or be better than you because, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like people should want to do that. Well, Melanie, that's that's why you're a leader in our in our uh, foundation. And thank you so much for um, just being a genuine human. That's definitely something that uh, we need more of in the world. And I guess I'll just wrap this up with um, if you guys would like to join our, our foundation, uh, just – you can either reach out to Melanie and Melanie, would you, would you be willing to share your socials real fast? Yeah. So pretty much it's just Instagram for me and my uh, username is Melanie with no E dot S. All right. So Melanie with no E dot S that's one way you can get in contact with us. And the other way would be um, just through our Instagram, our main Instagram as a, as a company. And that'd be at the athlete mentor. Um, and I'll just say that again at the athlete mentor. So Thank you guys so much for listening. And Melanie, thank you so much for uh, coming on to this phenomenal podcast. Thank you for having me.